0: Once you start making more and more money, you can change the the status. So whether it's an LLC or a corporation, it's just how equity is distributed and how different things happen, but you can change the tax status. Welcome to the Global from Asia e commerce series, where you can follow along the progress of setting up a cross border e commerce business from start to finish. Hear insights of real product research, Amazon FBA, China manufacturing, branding, marketing, and all the blood, sweat, and tears of building a global business from Asia. Now, let's tune in.
1: Today's podcast is brought to you by Aurelia Pay. I use them personally for sending money to my Chinese suppliers from Hong Kong. It's a cross-border payment solution between China, Hong Kong, and Southeast Asia. So when I need to make a payment to a Chinese supplier, I just hop online to place the remittance pay to the Aurelia Pay's Hong Kong-based bank account, and Aurelia Pay will settle RMB within the same business day. So check them out online at www.areliapay.com, A-U-R-E-L-I-A-P-A-Y.com, or check them out linked in our show notes. Where should you set up your Amazon FBA business? Good question for us on this e-commerce series episode two. We got to figure out where to incorporate this new business, this new investment company and become a seller as ourself. It is the second show here for a Global From Asia e-commerce series. I'm still on my own, Mike Michelini here. And... We are still getting applications coming in. And when this show goes online, Friday, August 4th, you can still apply. We have a few more days left for applications on ending August 8th. The link will put on the show notes at globalformasia.com slash e-commerce zero zero two. So it's this is a part of our series. It seems like it makes sense to do this second. Where to incorporate the company? We've had applications coming in from people around the world. It's very, very exciting. Thank you, everybody, for your interest and your trust in me and Global From Asia to to want to be part of it. It's uh, It's been so amazing. Thank you. We even have Chinese factories interested, Chinese companies, Chinese people. So it's very exciting to get them involved as well. Even the Chinese factories we've been talking to want to set up in Delaware. And I am a U.S. citizen. I don't know, sometimes... I get embarrassed a little bit with some of the news and in, in the uh, in the headlines, but I'm American, and I think I have to do my FPA business in America. We'll talk about this in the show. You don't have a Hong Kong business set up for many many years. I don't have a current U.S. company open. I do think I need to incorporate in America. So we'll talk about that on the show, as well as transfer pricing and tax planning something a lot of people always talk about so i know this gonna be an exciting one We will bring on mike hartman i met him in hong kong a couple of years ago and he's a very knowledgeable uh, amazing resource about delaware corporations as well as fba selling and he's in europe permanently in romania bucharest and he's gonna he really drops some great value on this so today's a great show let's tune in and i can't already wait to have you guys listen so everybody, uh, this is episode two of our our new journey, the e-commerce series, and it's uh, it's in it's very it's it's been getting very exciting, and I'm excited to have Mike Hartman on the show first time, your first podcast. He said we were talking before recording in a couple of years, so I feel special. Thanks for thanks for agreeing to come on.
0: Thanks for having me, man. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Sure. So we we met. A, and at Rise Conference uh, last year, I remember, and we connected really well. Like you, you've you done all kinds of e-commerce, crowdfunding, you know, you're marketing, FBA. So you have quite a huge uh, a resource of knowledge. And you're currently in Romania, Bucharest, just back. I think you were on travel just recently. And
0: yeah, yeah, I was you, out in the Ukraine meeting with some uh, actually, believe it or not, the Russian community is pretty big, like 15, 20,000 sellers.
1: Amazing. It's really amazing. So, yeah. So, you specialize, you have, you're, you kind of do quite a few things, but today we're going to be talking more on the, on your incorporation business. You help people in Delaware Corp, US Corp, uh, it's a lot with e commerce online businesses. So, today we're talking about, my case of setting up, getting back in the FBA game. And like I mentioned, and people on the show know, this is uh, having partners apply. So we have, of course, some non-Americans applying. And I think we should do it in the Delaware. Actually, some Chinese factories said we should set up Delaware as well. So today, uh, you know, you're going to kind of guide us a little bit and give us some insights on that. And, and maybe before we start, you could share a little bit more background. I, I try my best there, but you, you have some so much great uh, stuff to share.
0: All right. So, yeah, I've been living in uh, Bucharest, Romania now for about four and a half years, living the Eastern European dream, you know, and traded in the American one. Um, Been specializing in e-commerce businesses, uh, helping set them up for about seven years now. Uh, Originally went for school for MBA and international taxation, uh, worked for the IRS for a brief stint, gave that up, moved to Europe, then got into some marketing out here as well. Did pretty well on it. So I've worked on some crowdfunding campaigns doing over a million dollars. I've done FBA businesses doing over a million per month. Uh, I've set up over, I think, 17, 1,800 FBA businesses in the U.S. from all over the world. I have clients in something like 109 countries worldwide currently. And basically, I also help manage several brands on Amazon. Um, and that's basically it. And I've been doing this, the Amazon game since I want to say 2013, 2014, somewhere in there. So a few years.
1: Cool. Cool. Yeah. So it's, it's great. Yeah. Wow. I think this is uh perfect to have you on a show, especially now. So, um, it's funny you, I got out in 2012 and I guess I was early, <laughs> but, uh, you know, get yeah. back to never late, better late than never now. We're getting in. So, you know, we're talking today about, you know, part. So you say you, you work even with some Chinese factories. We have some Chinese factories that have applied. We haven't yet uh, finished the application process. When the show goes live, people still can apply for uh, August 8th is the deadline. So people listening might be able to catch that ending. But what's happening now is we're just kind of deciding where to incorporate. Uh, I know even before it's a recording, it depends on your background as well. I, I feel like I'm... St- Almost stuck doing a U.S. company because I want to sell on Amazon. A little bit of background for you, Mike, is I I have a few books I've written about Hong Kong business mm-hmm. and China, my China business uh, experiences, and I tried to sell through my Hong Kong company. And when I registered as an author and you know all the stuff for being a Kindle publisher, it said, uh, "Is anybody in this Amazon account a American citizen?" Because I registered as a Hong Kong company, and then I it says under perjury of law. Like it was like those scary, scary pop-ups. So I didn't want, it says, you know, I'm a, I actually, you know, still owning the company. So I said, yes, it's over. There's somebody over 10% shareholder as American. So it went back to the home screen. And it says, sorry, you filled this out as an error. You need to fill this out as an American citizen or as an American company. So I feel like I'm, I'm almost forced to do it as well as my partners are forced to do it because I'm an American. Is that, Is that how, what you say is the situation for this business?
0: So for a U.S. citizen, let's just, let's be honest. If you own more than 5% shares in a foreign corporation, you have to file an additional form on your tax return, which is a headache. Most people don't comply with this, but it's something where the IRS could really screw you. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the most part, I recommend just filing a company in the U.S. um, straight from the beginning, It's just more straightforward for a U.S. citizen, even if you're doing it through like a Hong Kong company or something like this, more than likely, because the U.S. is one of those, let's say, aggressive tax regimes where they tax you on your worldwide income, and they will go after you no matter where you live in the world. Um, So I just recommend doing the company straight from the beginning, especially for U.S. citizens, uh, just because it makes more sense. Also, if you're a U.S. citizen and you have U.S. assets, it's a way to insulate your other personal assets doing it on a company in the US than, say, your personal name. Because we all know Americans are Sue happy, exactly. uh, as I call them.
1: Exactly. So. Which goes into my next question. I, I, I actually, when I first started selling on eBay and my own website in 2003, I just used my personal name. I uh, know actually I had a general partnership with a, my roommate and I got lectured by a a lot of people that I had to have an actual, you know, limited liability company. So I assume that's correct now. But I guess my question is, we want to do this fast, for, you know, with this new e-commerce business. It's going to come up quick. We're trying to hit the Christmas season, so we got to get a Seller Central account. I know there's personal account or a company account. It's different. I don't know if that's changed can change that later or should I get the company? I guess it's pretty fast to set up Delaware Corp anyway, but
0: um, yeah, Delaware takes around 24 hours to do the company. You can change it later uh, when you move it from one to another, you might go through a review process, which normally takes around two to three days right now.
1: Okay. In, so, in Amazon
0: in Amazon. Exactly. So okay. I've moved from personal sellers, professional sellers. I've moved from uh, let's say Romanian companies or Hong Kong companies, the U S companies, uh, normally when you're moving from one company to another, it, it goes through an additional review process. It didn't used to be that way, but mm-hmm. right now the additional review process takes around three days where basically you're uploading your IDs and your company formation documents and a copy of your EIN. So got it's it. pretty straightforward.
1: Okay. Got it. Cause yeah, we're basically, we got to make founders agreements and, you know, correct, you know, of course the incorporation is pretty fast, but just the deal with each other and I might have like an inter- interim where we use maybe myself as a individual, as an American. I'm just, dis- we're deciding this. Of course, I got to discuss this too, but something we're thinking about. So it's just possible to switch at least. So we could have some kind of intermediary to get it going. But of course there's, like you said, Sue happy in America, it would be liability to me personally, if I used an individual seller account. Yes. Yeah.
0: It'll, yeah, so it would have you would have your personal liability, which means if you have U.S. assets, they could get judgments on you. Uh, they could go after your assets in the U.S. And I don't know if you're like me. Most of my assets are actually held through different U.S. companies or U.S. bank accounts. So for the most part, anytime I'm doing business, I'm doing it through a U.S. company. Uh, even though I live overseas, I maintain uh, my financial resources in the U.S.
1: Got so, it I'm the opposite. I yeah. barely have anything in the US. I haven't been there for years and uh I most, haven't
0: been there for years either. It's just easier for me. And uh for, from my point of view, it's got just it. easier. Got
1: so, it. So I guess Yeah. All right, this has been helpful already. I hope this help I think this is helpful for listeners. So so then the idea would be we could set up you know, we could maybe have a Chinese factory, maybe an EU citizen, another American. Create this company, but we should still probably, I mean, that's going to probably be a future. We're probably going to have a lawyer on a show soon about founders agreements and, and, and different ways, of course, to make sure there's the proper, proper ways to deal with uh, issues in the future you know, with, with business partners, but would you say just issue the shares straight away?
0: So actually in an LLC, they don't issue shares. They issue something called membership certificates. So the membership certificates are just equity in the company. So you just distribute basically the equity in the company. The company is run through something called an operating agreement. And uh, if you, there's a website out there called rocketlawyer.com and you can check this out. It's You know, and you can sign up for a free trial for seven days or whatever. And then after seven days, they hit you with like 40 bucks. But you can create your founder's agreements on there. You can create your operating agreement. You can create all all the additional documents basically for free in seven days and then cancel the membership. That's what I've done in the past. And it seems to work out pretty well. So it's a way to get all your documents without paying an attorney to to do the stuff. You can pay an additional like 40 or 50 bucks and have an attorney review all the documents for you. Which is pretty cool.
1: That is pretty so, nice. Yeah, awesome. awesome. Great tip. Great tip. And so, you're suggesting LLC over over a corporation, or is there
0: yeah, well, a stock process? It, well, it depends. So, like, if LLC is normally what I recommend, just to simplify the taxation because it's a pass-through entity. If you're a foreigner and if you're uh, a U.S. citizen, there's two different people. LLC is fine. Once you start making more and more money you can change this, the status so whether it's an llc or a corporation it's just how equity is distributed and how different things happen but you can change the tax status so you can change from a uh, um, you know let's say an llc which will be taxed as a disregarded entity or a partnership if there's more than one to a corporation and you can change it back however if you are a u.s citizen with another u.s citizen totally go for the s corp it has so many benefits uh if it's only US citizens in the company. You have to be a US resident or a US citizen in order to, to have an S Corp yeah. in the US.
1: My last S Corp was was uh my last business in the US. I, I have no uh no business in the US now, but it was uh, S elect corp. Uh, cause yeah, it seemed like the best I actually uh can't even remember, but yeah, it seemed like the best option. So then you think with foreign with foreign uh Well, I mean, I'm honestly, the thing Mike's getting exciting is we have people that want to passively invest in this and it is going to be an inventory business and it's going to be a public case. So I already have listeners that aren't interested to be active partners, but they want to come in maybe as a, as a, as a minority shareholder and investor later. So I think probably for our case will be a C corp, which.
0: Yeah. In this case, you can issue more shares. You can distribute shares. You can set our value of the shares. Uh, so, if you're looking for investment, let's say venture capitalists, these kind of investments, 100% go for a corporation. If you're looking to do this on your own dime, as we call it, go for an LLC. Um, also, you know, once you start making money, most of the time we'll, we'll convert the limited liability company uh, into a corporation. And this is normally when you're hitting the one, $2 million mark, something like that, especially okay. for tax purposes. Because then once you start making this money, we normally help set up like uh, we'll refer you to the proper attorneys and tax accountants to set you up with like a multi-jurisdictional structure and where you can offset your tax liability.
1: Got it. So as far as this venture, I'm an American citizen. I own a Hong Kong corporation, which I've been actively, you know, living here overseas. I, I, of course, I'm an individual, but I want my Hong Kong company to own it because I have uh, I have other partners in this uh and the idea of this this venture is that the benefit of this new e commerce business or FBA business will also be going towards to the global from Asia brand company. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So is it more? Is it is it? it seems like I can imagine the American government thinking, oh, this I'm trying to avoid tax because I'm using a Hong Kong company to own my shares. Or is that going to be an issue? Or should I try to put my personal name on there and be like? It's-
0: not an issue at all. A U.S. company can be owned by basically anyone in the world, unless you're from like North Korea or Iran. It can be owned by a foreign corporation. It can be owned by foreign individuals. You will still end up filing a U.S. tax return on the company itself. And you'll get into something more likely than not if you're having it backed by a Hong Kong company or something like this. You'll get into something called transfer pricing. Yeah, exactly. It's really, really awesome if you do it correctly it gets somewhat dangerous. So we'll put it this way. Like Amazon itself did transfer pricing and then got hit with like a $2 billion fine from the IRS for transferring too much profit overseas. So there's like a healthy balance. And once you start getting into moving, you start making some real money. Uh, I, I, I normally say, we ha- hey, come see me and I'll give you the proper tax account and tax lawyers okay, cool. to help you do the transfer pricing in an appropriate way where you don't get screwed. Great. Um, you know. So.
1: Yeah, so those that don't know transfer pricing, which basically is the point of if we have a Hong Kong corporation or an offshore company or, you know, what we could do is invoice or bill say the, say that the expenses or the price of the goods and the value of the goods are done outside so that you just leave minimum profit in the U.S. corporation for minimum profit to be taxed in the U.S. Or it could be anywhere, China or, or, or any kind. Usually it's a high tax country, has the lowest Profit, because the corporation or company is trying to, let's call it tax plan <laughs> in a nicer way.
0: Tax planning. It's called yeah. it's <laughs> called tax avoidance. So tax avoidance is legal. Tax evasion is illegal. So tax it's avoidance. called tax planning, where we move a portion of the profits over to the to the holding company or to the shareholder. Also, if you're doing trademarks because you want brand registry, in order to get brand registry in the the U.S. right now, you need to register a trademark. Register the trademark on the Hong Kong company and then have the U.S. company pay royalties to the Hong Kong company of around 10% of the sale price, and you can offset your taxes that way as well.
1: Agreed. Agreed. The only complicated part about that is... The Hong Kong companies, uh, unless we set up a new one, there there's ownership would is separate. You know, it's it's a separate business and the e-commerce business. Unless we set up two companies, so this is where it gets complicated, right? For people listening, I'm sure listeners are even thinking the same thing. It's like, so do I set up a Hong Kong company or anywhere? I mean, I set up an offshore company and then I have the trademark and IP in that company, and I have a U.S. company that own that sells on Amazon. Then I wire the money over, and then I keep how much money do I keep in America this is very complex i don't i don't think we can get deep into it today but like you said when we get to that point in the business we could either have you on or bring some of your your other experts too but this is a big complicated thing but i think for this structure the ip should be owned in the same entity that the partners are on are in i i don't think it's fair to them if the ip isn't in their in their company you know in the same company there yeah
0: so you could back it by a different hong kong company uh, if you wanted that owns the ip which is a separate one but you're getting into more and more things so normally what i recommend to my clients which is first validate your business right exactly. make sure that it starts making money once it starts making money then you can start doing these other things because it's not worth to spend a lot of money to try and optimize for taxes and other stuff if you're not Until making you money, start yeah. making money. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we don't park in front of the horse as we call it. So then um, I think
1: we'll probably get the IP US IP probably still in this corporation for the short term just to keep I don't want the, any of the partners in this company think I'm trying to, you know. Sneak things and have ownership of IP outside the the structure that they're they're invested in. I mean, then I guess you'd have to sell the IP later. I mean, this is where things get so. You complicated.
0: would sell the IP at fair market value to the other corporation, F M D. Okay, well, so, I'm not sure uh,
1: how do you calculate that. I mean, even domain names and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. Or yeah. do you want to? Do you have a quick? Is there an answer? Fair market I think value. There
0: is- So fair market value, you can base, like there's different websites that run audits. Uh, So if you're doing like a domain, you can actually do an audit and check for comparable websites and what they're selling for uh, at that time um, and and go from there. Okay. So
1: yeah, you think you're, you're, you're like the Delaware guy, right? Or are you, do you say that? I do
0: all 50 states, believe it or not. I'm originally from Delaware. So uh, yeah, funny enough. Uh, But I do all 50 states, registered agent, registered offices, all 50 states. Um, I do a lot of Delaware because, let's face it, it's probably the best jurisdiction to register your company in. You have um, zero sales tax, zero state income tax uh, for the state. Uh, You end up paying federal. There's privacy of the directors and everything. It's not public on any website. And because there's no sales tax, you can pretty much optimize your accountancy purposes for the U.S., Um, for the first year, I actually recommend using a software tool called GoDaddy Bookkeeping. It plugs in right into AWS and it does all your accountancy for Amazon and you just have to throw in your expenses to your suppliers and that's it. Awesome. So yeah, so 10 bucks a month compared to paying an account, you know, like, I don't know, 150, 200 bucks a month. So it's, it's way better in my opinion. Great. So yeah, and I've used this for different companies that were doing like $7 million a year. And, and it worked. They ended up paying an account $300 at the end of the year to move it over to a tax program and then another, you know, 500 $600 to, to file the tax return. Great. So. Cool.
1: Great. We'll use that advice. So then, I, I mean, you probably heard of I people sometimes throw out the word Wyoming or, or Nevada. What that works. Okay, so
0: Nevada, you want to stay out of because Nevada, like two years ago, jacked the fees. So to renew a Nevada company, you have to do business license. You have to do sales tax. You have to do all sorts of crazy stuff and just to pay the state fees in Nevada it's something like $800 a year, just state fees. So on top of that, you have to pay a registered office. You have to pay other stuff. So it ends up costing you more than it's worth. Also, the owners are public right on the Nevada Secretary of State website. And most people don't want everyone to know who owns an FBA business. Um, So I don't normally recommend that. Wyoming it's very similar with Delaware. Uh, Delaware has a $300 a year state franchise tax, regardless of income. Wyoming has $100. The difference between Delaware and Wyoming is sales tax. So you'll actually have to register for sales tax and charge sales tax to Wyoming customers and do sales tax returns, which costs you more in accountancy than it would for a Delaware. Wyoming and Delaware basically both have zero income tax. Um after the first year in Wyoming, they disclose the name and directors of the ownership in Delaware. They never do this. There's better corporate law. So if you ever get sued, it's not public like it is in Wyoming. And believe it or not, a lot of FDA sellers get sued for patent infringement or or uh, trademark infringement. It's quite impressive. So normally you have to go through mandatory arbitration in the state of Delaware, which is closed door. So it's not public. So you're not getting bad publicity. Uh, so... I normally register like Amazon, Google, Facebook, YouTube. They're all in Delaware. Uh, they have over 60% of the Fortune 500 companies. We have more companies than people in the state of Delaware. Also <laughs> more chickens. But more chickens, you said? More chickens than people, yeah. Amazing. So we're going for two things. Chickens and companies. This is it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very cool. Very cool, man. It's always fun talking to you. Uh, so the next one is... A cringe for a lot of people. Banking seems to be a nightmare everywhere. I, I haven't actually. I've wondered about the U.S. banking, especially with the foreign foreign corporation, foreign owners. Is this going to be painful or troublesome or? Actually,
0: I, I I I make a. a if you want to work with me on this, yeah, I mean um, definitely. It's like a thousand bucks. I do the company. I do the bank account. I do the whole thing. Okay. Uh, I I the only pain is that it requires a personal visit to the U S so, but we expedite the whole process, whether you're a foreigner, whether you're not a foreigner, I've worked with publicly traded companies doing this. I work from small and mom pop, uh, e-commerce businesses. Okay. So non-resident aliens normally encounter, let's say a lot of, uh, issues because of the U S because of the Patriot Act, uh, you know, the banks now have to know their customers and it depends on how they interpret that. Uh, but we work with like four of the top 10 banks in the U S okay. and we expedite the process to help open the account uh, a, a member of the company who owns 40% or more or 40% ownership of the company needs to be present when we open the account. And this is it. So, and we make it, so you have an appointment you're in and out in an hour and you're done. Uh, everything is, is pretty straightforward.
1: So, we, I don't know if I caught you up on the share split. I mean, it's still negotiable, but uh, I put a blog post out there. So, you know, we're, Global From Asia, or me, is looking at 25%. We're looking for kind of a financial, financial advisor investor at 40%. And we're looking at an operations manager, uh, kind of like the project manager at 35%. Uh and we're looking of course to raise at least, you know, ten thousand minimum. People, we did that on the last show. People, a lot of people asking how much do people need to invest? Do they need to invest money or time? Of course, we're we're not I'm not giving the exact formula, but we're gonna review the applications. Some people have been coming in saying they have no money, some people saying ten thousand, twenty-five, a hundred thousand. So there's been different ranges so far in applications. Um, but of course it's not just money, smart money and and or hustle. So I'm looking at all these different things, but so that means all these you know, different partners need to go into the US, or is it something about 40%, you said, um, so I'm just so
0: only one partner who owns 40% or more would have to be there, uh, to open the account. So obviously if you have 10%, you couldn't open the account, uh, of, of, on the company. So you have to have 40% or more of the company. Uh, present at the bank. So let's say, like for instance, the other day I did a company up for an Amazon. It's five different investors in one company. And they all have 20%. Two of those investors are going over to open the bank account. The other three will not come. I see. So, because that would equal 40%. Um I see. So, if there's one person who has forty, fifty, sixty, seventy percent, they can go over. If you only have twenty five percent, then you need to come up with another fifteen percent to open the bag. That's the bank's requirement. It's Understand.
1: not mine. Understand? So, and it could be any. I mean, I guess I, I guess I'll take a trip. I don't know. Uh, I haven't been back. I don't know about you, but I haven't been back for like two years. So, I guess it'll be.
0: You are actually in a lucky situation where a U.S. citizen on the company. And you might be able to do everything remotely. So uh, it, there's a couple banks out there who will do online bank applications and accept from a U.S. citizen. And sometimes you can get away with like a banking resolution from a board of directors where you would be the only signer on the account, of course, because you have the social. Yeah. Um, and sometimes this works out. It depends on do you still have a credit score in the U.S.? How long have you been away? Uh, so as long as you still have some kind of fin- basically as long as you still have a credit score in the US. Yeah, I think I do. More than likely, you can get away or you have a bank account in the US. I, I don't I, know if you do or I not. I
1: have a personal US bank account still Bank of America uh, and uh, Bank of
0: America does it remotely where they'll actually mail you the paperwork, then you will mail it to yourself in wherever Hong Kong and you will sign the paperwork, have it notarized at the US embassy. And then you will mail it back and they will open the account if you're a U.S. citizen. Got it. For a
1: corporation. Well, you know, of course, we haven't yet even, you know, still selected the other partners in this, but we can discuss with them. I want them to, to trust. They, of course, they have to tr- I mean, I guess they're applying and they, they have to trust me, but, uh, you know, they, the signing might be an issue, but we'll, we'll discuss that. Um, but this is, this is very cool. So, I guess it's just about the short term and long term. So, you know, we're in August now. We want to try to hit the Christmas rush. Of course, like everybody for Amazon or any e commerce or retail business, you thinking, what are you thinking? Is, uh, is this possible? Or should I just get an individual seller account like this month? I mean, we're basically- I think
0: it, So, honestly, if I were you, what I'd recommend to most people is just uh, get the company done with the EIN and the US address. Open a business payoneer account, activate it with your personal debit card from, uh, you know, Hong Kong or wherever in the world you live, and then rock the personal payoneer or the business payoneer account and use that until you hit around 10k a month to 15k a month in sales. Once you hit that amount, it's better to fly over because within four or five months you're going to save the amount that payoneer charges you in fees. True on the savings by having a U.S. bank account. So first, like I said, always is validate the business first. So just do the company, give you everything you need, open the pay in your account remotely, um, which is really easy and straightforward. Uh, it takes about I don't know two days to get done the pay in your account once you have all the documents from the company, and that's it. You just go from there.
1: Awesome, this is good. So I mean, this has been very helpful. I mean, it's about about I mean, been about the time. Is there any other kind of you know? well, how do you think of this venture? Some people think it's crazy that we're being so transparent about the process. I am even deciding about this. I can't probably reveal the supplier we source from. And, but I think we're going to share the product. I mean, we, we talked on episode one last week was mayor. Uh, he's an Amazon seller. He thinks this we have a big advantage, even though most people are secretive. I mean, I think we're going to get a lot of, we're going to push this hard with media and get traffic to the listings and do external traffic. Um, or do you, you know any any tips of either about what we discussed today? Anything I missed? I should have asked, um, or anything that you think? Uh, anything else? My
0: personal, my personal opinion is uh, for most companies is I, I'll just throw this out here is start with with a U.S. company. Um, the U.S. companies are normally treated better by Amazon. Uh, knock on wood. Out of all the seventeen hundred plus accounts that I've done, none of them have ever you know been let's say revoked. I've had some suspensions, but we've been able to get through those, um, that kind of thing. Uh, They also, you can get Amazon Lending, which is capital from Amazon. I had one client take around $800,000 from Amazon at 9% financing. Yes. Uh, Amazon Lending is huge. Also, if Amazon doesn't want to lend to you, you can go to Cabbage or one of these other marketplaces to get capital. Uh, After about six months of sales, you can start doing this. So it's normally better to start in the beginning if you're looking to get raise more capital to let's say quickly grow your business. Yeah. Uh, especially if it's doing well, capital restrictions can always be an issue. Um, also, it's normally just it's just treated better. You can get access also to Amazon exclusives through a U.S. company, which is awesome for growth hacking a business. So everybody knows that lightning deals cost you 150 bucks a pop. Well, what if you could do lightning deals? twice per week on the same product and you negotiate your own price and you're not paying the $150 you're only paying an extra 5%. So right now they're pretty much only accepting us companies for this. And it's a great way to just like, it's like giveaways except even better. It's just, you just keep doing lightning deals and you're setting your own price like $1 less and they're getting shown on the lightning deal page and you're just, you're blowing it out if it's a decent product. Right. So, yep. For instance, I did a lightning deal in one day and we, we moved 4,500 units. Huh. Amazing. So yeah, it was, it was a, it was a hundred thousand dollar day, you know? So it was good.
1: Great day. Definitely a great day. So I'm excited. You got me excited. And yeah, we're going to work with you on, on this service. Well, it seems like in Delaware, it seems like it makes sense. I mean, I want to of course have the, the approval from my other partners, but we're going to be in a couple of weeks, uh, you know, setting up companies and everything. So how can people find you? You I mean, you've been so, so, sh- so generous with all these tips. Uh,
0: what, what's the website? So what I can or- do is I can, I'll give you a link to, we have a special package just for Amazon sellers where we actually help set up the back end of the account through the tax interview of everything. Uh, the company with the EIN, the U S address all in is, is $500. Okay. Uh, with the account set up. Uh, if you have any problems getting approved, we help get you through that approval process. Um, and so I'll give you a link to that. Uh, you can find me basically, you can find me on, you know, uh, or Facebook, Michael Hartman or LinkedIn, Michael Hartman. I have a pretty big following on both of them and, uh, pretty much it.
1: Okay, so, great. We'll link it all up on, on the show notes. It's going to be slash e commerce 002, your number two of where I'm already, I got the double zero holder. So it's going to be, we're going to go up in the hundreds of this show again. Uh, and thanks so much, Mike, for sharing. And, and I'm excited to, to, to work with you and keep you updated with the progress.
0: Thanks, Mike, man. It was great being on your show. If you have any questions anytime, let me know.
1: Okay. Thank you so much, Mike, for sharing. He definitely didn't seem to hold anything back. And I'm enjoying this e-commerce series for my own personal personal interest. So I hope you guys are too. We're diving deep into the nitty gritty. And I am mentally preparing to get back in the e-commerce game. Fill out my own notebook here as we set up this new Amazon FBA business. So as I mentioned in the interview... We still have a few days left for applications. Applications are closing on Tuesday, August 8th, 2017 at midnight Hong Kong time. So that means like noon US time, New York time. So please uh, give it a shot. Keep a positive mind. I know some people are already thinking, oh, I'm not going to be picked when they talk to me. Please, you know, it's a good exercise for you. Take some action. Take some steps. I'm going to review all of them. I'm going to be getting back to everybody. I'm going to give everybody a small gift. uh, Just for appreciation of trusting me and and Global From Asia and applying, so you will get something out of it. And if you're still sitting there, I know some listeners are walking their dogs in the morning or riding their bikes or driving their cars. Don't worry, you'll still get to follow this series even if you don't apply. We're going to keep this going weekly, Fridays at 2 p.m. China time, and uh, let's do it. And other other things, just the applications and uh, and well, messages from friends. Like I have Amazon FBA friends begging me to not do this, to not be so transparent. They say I don't know FBA. There's obviously a reason why everybody's so secretive. They think. Uh, how can I be smarter than all the other sellers that don't share their products? And I have long, long WeChat messages, emails, and others from friends begging me not to do this series, not to be so transparent that uh, it's going to hurt hurt me and it's not the way things are done in the Amazon. I really appreciate them. I know they're looking out for my best interests, and I I am happy to get the, the love and care from people. But we're going to do this and it's gonna work. So we'll follow along. Maybe it won't. Maybe it won't work. Maybe we'll get slammed with negative reviews and uh, and go out of business. And I don't think that that's the way it's gonna be. I mean, even just with Mike's interview today, helping us, and we're gonna we're gonna do this. So just to give you some updates on some content coming up, Tuesday we're gonna have part two of Christopher Aliva. He is had our first part a couple of days ago on, on Tuesday with the interview series. So we have the interview series on Tuesday and on Fridays we have this e-commerce series. So the interview series, of course, is interviews, which is not really connected so much to this e-commerce series. And e-commerce series is really going to be in order, lined up to actually developing our FBA business and our e-commerce business and, and in order. So hopefully you guys enjoy both of them. We kept it on the same iTunes feed in the same podcast feed and that's basically it and then episode three will be next friday 2 p.m china time thanks for listening to me all the way to the end claire and i were just joking do people listen all the way to the end i'm not sure if you're still there with me maybe you already skipped another podcast but anyway thanks for making it if you did and let's keep going peace
0: Global from Asia e-commerce series, where you can follow along the progress of setting up a cross-border e-commerce business from start to finish. Hear insights of real product research, Amazon FBA, China manufacturing, branding, marketing, and all the blood, sweat, and tears of building a global business from Asia.